Welcome to series two of the Tom Hammond podcast. Right, we're back. Well, I'm back really on my own. Uh, But this series is going to be a bit different. We are going to have some interviews in this series for you to listen to and uh, hopefully, you know, inform you and keep you on your toes and and make it interesting for you. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing the first series and I think the second series will be better. Um, You know, and it's going to be the same format every Thursday. Release them. You can listen and want to listen to your feedback and what you have to say to me and everything like that. And and was it useful? Was it not? Everything like that, you know, and all things. Now, uh, this being Mental Health Awareness Week and mental health being something that I talk about a hell of a lot, um, this is going to be a mental health podcast. Now, I'm warning you, this is a warning before we go any further. This is going to be a pretty open, raw, honest podcast. It's going to be, you know, the dirty, horrible side of mental health. Now, if it's something you don't want to hear about or anything like that, that I would stop right now, all right? I don't want you to stop. I want you to listen because I want you to, to somehow feel empowered or I don't really like that word, but you feel like you, you've got some help or you can feel you're not alone or anything of those things, all right? This is this podcast designed today to try and help my thoughts and my feelings and being a bit honest with things. So what can we talk about? What can be said? Mental Health Awareness Week is, is a great thing because we're getting more and more aware of our mental health and how people suffer. And that is phenomenally important. Of course it is. Uh, but it is awareness. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen much this week, really, on socials. And maybe because people don't want to be... I think it's, there's, you know, unfortunately, there's a certain brand of person out there on Instagram and Facebook who likes to sort of tag it as a badge of honour. Oh, my mental health. There was a time I was really down and I went to the Maldives for two weeks and then I was fine again. You know, and it sort of just takes away from people really, really struggling for mental health. I did a post the other day that... You know, you hear this sort of bullshit positivity constantly about, oh, I just live your best life or just be you or just do what's good for you and everything will fall in place and some motivational quotes that have been plagiarised from someone they're trying to apply and it's just done for likes, you know? And it's just, you want to hear about the positivity, you know? It's all the, po- you know, I was once really down, but now I live in Dubai uh, doing trading and I'm an influencer and I was on Tally. You know, or, you know, something like that. And, okay, all right, fair play. But that's not really where it's at, is it? Because I call bullshit. I call complete and utter bullshit on this bullshit positivity. Of course, positivity is a good thing. But remember, we have toxic positivity where people will just shout you down. Oh, just no no, no negative vibes. Nothing but positive vibes. Good vibes only. Well, that's going to make you feel bad. Because if you're a person who struggles with that, you're automatically going to start thinking there's something wrong with you and you're completely and utterly worthless aren't you so that's the start there it's not dealing with an issue just being mindlessly positive it's just making it worse you know there are times when you have really bad mental health and i know there's many of you out here listening to this now that will realize this is that you have to crawl with your fingernails through the dirt for an inch of space right you have to fight every ounce of anything to try and just keep level and it's horrific all right if you've been there and you've been in that hole for a day 10 days 10 years then you you have my empathy and I'm with you you know I I get it I do and we live in a world you know where it's constantly social media this that and the other bombarded all the time blue screens we don't get enough sleep we can eat an abundance of food 
Uh, you know, we're more sedentary. We're just constantly, the last year, stuck on Zoom meetings and not seeing people. This is, you know, an absolute perfect recipe for prevailing mental health issues, you know? And, you know, we have two things here. We have our mental well-being and we have mental health. And I think there's two separate strands. And mental well-being has suffered and it does suffer. Modern life is not good for it, you know? And we need to talk about it more and more and more. But we also need to be able to look after ourselves and have the tools to be able to really, you know, do something about it. We have a lot of stuff we see, and I think the awareness is good, but a lot of it's just managing it, right? And and if you have mental well-being, but you've never really had mental health, then, then, then managing it with these tools are very, very good, all right? If you have a proper mental health problem, then, you know, look, it's a little bit different. And I think the prevalence of COD psychology, and I include myself in this on social media, probably isn't the way. If you've got a problem, you need to go and talk to a, an actual professional, right? And there's some brilliant ones out there. Psychiatrist, therapist, psychotherapist, psychologist, you know, uh, CBT, whatever works for you. Probably need a little bit of trial and error. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that what we need to do is just be a lot more forgiving, a lot more forgiving of people who are suffering from mental health and a lot more forgiving of people who are, you know, maybe struggling with their mental well-being and struggling with wife, kids, husband, families, stuck inside all the time. That is what, you know, I believe. Uh, I think we need to start doing. We need to have more awareness, you know. So I can't talk to you about five top tips. Just do 10 things to be positive. But what can we do? Well, look. We can look after our mental health. One of the best things, go for a walk. Absolute superpower, right? Get out there, go for a walk, take some activity. Go to a gym, lift some weights, do some cardio. Eat well, socialize with your mates, enjoy yourself, go out for a few drinks. All these types of things. Learn to journal, learn to meditate. I'm gonna get into this a little bit more. Switch off your phone a bit earlier. Don't watch television. Don't go on Instagram so much. All these things, take up a sport, learn a skill, get uncomfortable. All these things will really, really, really help. They will start to change your mind because the mind is an incredibly complex thing and it can trick you into thinking all kinds of horrible things about you. You know, yourself. And leading on from that, thinking about yourself, I'm going to talk a little bit honestly now about my struggles and what I think and, and what I've gone through and, and maybe the, and what I've learned and maybe this will help you. It might not, you know, but, you know, so I'm 43, I'm Tom, and a lot of people know me because uh, I've been open in the last 18 months or so about my mental health. They are a bit shocked and a bit surprised because I come across as so confident and I come across as, you know, oh, yeah, you know, but that's the trick, right? Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up all the time. That's what you need to do. But I've become more open and honest about it. And there's been reasons I've, I've, I've kept my hands up because I don't want to embarrass certain people in my life and I don't want to, you know, cause trouble or anything like that. But at some point you do have to sort of look after yourself and, and, and put yourself first, which I hate that, that phrase. I can't believe I've just used it. But I have. All right, okay. Uh, what I mean is you've got to look after yourself a bit, right? So, yeah, I'm 43. I grew up in an abusive household at the hands of a violent, criminal, alcoholic father um, who did stop drinking, actually, when I was young, so fair play to him, but that was kind of the basis of my upbringing. 
We never had one home, we moved around every year, so I can never get settled. Boo-hoo. But there's been a lot of things that went on. I'm not gonna go into sort of the things that happened, but there were a lot of things that went on that really, really have affected me in my adult life. Now, a lot of you might resonate with you, you know? And, you know, I've always, always had problems with self-hate, self-loathing, so low self-esteem, no confidence, uh, and my mental health and depression. And I've gone into great big crashes and I've written horrible, destructive things on Facebook. Um, and I've destroyed relationships um, and I have taken drugs and I've drunk too heavily and I've, you know, all these things. I've been promiscuous and, and, and all these things. I've acted out my mental health issues, got into fights, all these kind of things, you know? Cocaine habit for a little bit, um, all these types of things. So, um, yeah, you know, and it's quite difficult to sort of talk about these things, you know? And then I sort of grew up and I was in the Navy and that kind of helped me out a little bit. And then I was in the Navy and sort of, the, i tell you what happens, right? The, the confidence of youth, the, the, the eternal optimism of youth kind of sustains you. You know, I just felt, yeah, great, you know? And you get into this, I don't know if you feel like this, but you get into this kind of uh, realm of thinking where you think, well, you know, I'm 23 and I feel bad, but by the time I'm 33, everything could be fine. You know, you get into this naivety because you have such a youthful, confident optimism. But slowly that drains away and slowly you know you're left with life and you know this is part of this is the human condition. And you know, you're kind of stuck with it and, and the past starts to come up like weeds through the ground, you know, in a garden. It just starts to find a way into your presence and into your behaviours and you don't even know it's happening. And you could do all the things I talked about a few minutes ago, you know, accountability levelling up, do this, do that. But you know, yeah. You know, so, you know, I'm a person who's just thought, oh, I'm all right, you know, I'm absolutely fine. And I tried to talk to my parents about it and they were just like, my dad was just like, I just shut up, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Because that's another, that's another thing, right? He's from an old school, you know, where no one said anything. So I was in the Navy and I felt all right, you know, and I saw the odd thing in the Navy, but nothing horrible, but you know, there you go, that's it. You know, I'm, it's the Navy, I'm not Ann Middleton or anything, you know, I can't sort of brag and boast about my naval career, but serve my country, all that kind of thing, came out had nothing to do with my life, ended up being homeless, just mooching about doing nothing, and I finally got myself back together, and I ended up started rowing for one reason or another. And, you know, and through rowing, rowing saved my life, you know, because at this point I was starting to become awful, diagnosed with, uh, undiagnosed, sorry, with complex PTSD, depression, and with a borderline personality disorder. And I'm walking around with these things. And you see, this goes back a little bit to what I was saying about earlier about people not wanting the down and dirty part of the depression. Because, you know, this is how it goes. And I'm, you might think I'm being cynical, but you know, you get depressed, everyone comes running, and rightly so, because people are innately good and they're empathetic and they want to help you. All right? Oh, that's sad, you've got depression. What can I do? And that's fine. You have complex PTSD, almost like a badge of honor. You have PTSD, oh, you're a bit interested in energy. Oh yeah, you know, that's all right. But you tell someone you've got borderline personality disorder, and it's all right, oh, you're fucking nuts then. You're a schizoid or something. You know, that is what people think, and I'm sorry for my language, but that's the kind of thing I've met, you know? 
And it's hard to admit that. I, you know, it's really, really hard to sit here now and admit that you've got a borderline personality disorder, you know? And, and do, I've only known this in the last sort of four or five years. So I've been going around for it for years, wondering what on earth was wrong with me. Oh, I'm just an arsehole then or something, you know? Um, and if we go back a little bit to the rowing, you know, I used to row and I'd be winning races and I, luckily I was good at it to, to do well enough and train every day and it did save my life. It, it gave me a focus and it changed my mind, you know, it, you know, all that kind of level of fitness changes your hippocampus and your amygdala, calms your amygdala, amygdala down, which is responsible for the fear and the emotional responses and everything like that. And it gives you an outlet, you know, that's why sport and skill and fitness is so, so, so important. And, you know, I'd go home sometimes. I'd be so frustrated with myself. I'd go home and I'd just be absolutely in a rage with myself. I'd slip into a depression because I was so angry with how I thought that I had performed. I'd be, you know, I'd win the National Championship gold medals. I was winning everything under the sun and I'd be miserable. Utterly fucking miserable. You know, I didn't believe in happiness. I was just angry all the time. And I just couldn't cope with it, you know? I'd just be like, oh yeah, all right. And that's how I, you know, I just would come down and I would believe I was the worst person in that boat. I'd be rowing along, telling myself in my head, I am shit, I am shit, I am shit. And that's what I've always told myself, you know? And that was how my life went for a long, 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 long time. I just told myself I was shit, you know? I didn't have a relationship or anything like that. And, you know, you, I'm trying, it's a sport and it's blokes, you know, it's lads, bents, you know? Although it's rowing, so it's posh bands, you know? Oh, you've got new loafers, Tarquin. Things like that, uh, you know, classic bands, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, I would just be on my own. And everyone would say, "Oh, you're really, you're really in a really, really bad mood all the time," and, and I was, but I wasn't meaning it like I was. I was in a bad mood myself constantly, you know. So that affected relationships. That affected my rowing. I probably could have done a lot better if I was mentally better, because the physical side is the easiest side. It's the mental side is the real hard side, you know. So I think that. You know, there was that, and then I stopped rowing, and I worked in London, and I was just awful at work. I hated work, you know, I was, I was a fucking nightmare. I'd be up and down, huge great crashes, um, and it was getting worse and worse and worse, and I became a personal trainer, because, and that, for a while, I was a lot better, because I changed my situation. And this is something that's really, really good, right? That people think, going back again to the modern life, the modern sort of Instagram approach to mental health, I think, well, you, you know, you need to change the person. Well, not always. It's the situation, you know. There's a lot of evidence that shows a situation or a very slow, slow walk towards the goal you're looking for can cause a lot of bad mental health. It really can, you know. Um, and so anyway, I was a PT and for a while I was happy, but it started again because the world of fitness is a bit insecure. It's the most vain industry outside of modelling and acting. And I couldn't handle it, and I'd think I was shit, you know. And I worked for um, H2, you know, a lot of me, you know, you know, I worked for H2, and I used to run this Wednesday morning class. And this Wednesday morning class was really popular. It was a 45 minute strength class, and I was a dickhead at times, to be honest. And, you know, the whole time I would feel like shit, right? Except for though that hour and a half in before and after, during and after that class. People would say I was confident, and I was motivating people and driving them on and everything like that and that was the thing about hands up and for a while afterwards I'd feel like the best thing on earth because people needed me I felt that people needed me and people relied on me and I got the best out of people and it was just really really good and and then it would just fall away and I would feel like the worst piece of shit again 
So this class was like from 7.30 to 8.15 in the morning and I'd feel great. And by 9.30, I'd feel like the lowest of the low again. And all the horrible things. I hate myself. I wish I was dead. I'm scum. I'm no good. I can't do it. Everybody hates me. And that's another thing, right? And that was how I'd go, you know? And this fed into my my, my previous relationship. I was married once and, and all this type of thing. And all this stems from my childhood, all this horrific levels of abuse that I suffered. Um, and once again, I'm not saying that's a woe is me moment. I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. And I'm not saying it for that. I'm just saying it because I want to be honest and I want people to feel like maybe they could come forward. Maybe they could say something. Maybe they could resonate with them. Maybe just can get through to one person, right? And I would feel so, so bad. And then, you know, I, I was married and my marriage broke down because of my mental health, because I was just sitting at home Basically, you know, it came to a head one time in 2017 when I sat, laid actually, in bed for three days. I didn't eat a thing. I hardly slept and I felt like killing myself and I nearly got sectioned because I hated my life and I hated myself and I wanted to be dead. I wanted to be fucking dead. You know, and the thing about having a borderline personality disorder is depression is like a black hole inside of you. Complex PTSD... Is, is a way of keeping you connected to the events that happened in your, li- in your life that cause you the trauma because it's normality, all right? And, you know, a BPD, borderline personality, makes you, it's like shifting fucking sands. It's like shifting sands. It really, really is. Um, you know, you're never quite sure you think everyone hates you. And I've always thought that. I thought everyone hates me. Until recently, I've started to recently, that's not been the case, but that's more the case. That is how I feel. That everybody hates me and I've got no mates and so yeah I laid in bed and I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that and I was generally quite awful and angry and I felt like killing myself and then I got divorced and once again it was a miserable marriage so for a little while my situation I was happier but slowly but surely I got worse again and this all came basically to a head in 2018 and 2019, where I was at my worst. And now I have to say that I'm very thankful for certain people who worked at H2, otherwise I probably wouldn't have had a job. The amount of times I couldn't do classes. You might be listening to this, you might be a person who does my classes, you might remember there'd be an unexplained absence, Tom's not sitting there. That was because I was sitting at home, basically my boxes, completely catatonic. Couldn't go on. Wanting to die. I was suicidal. Absolutely fucking suicidal. And all this time I'm coming in and delivering PT and delivering really good classes for people. And, you know, I'm, I'm, it sounds a bit arrogant, but, you know, everyone you say your classes are brilliant and sort of best classes at H2 and all this type of thing, you know, packed, it, packed you know, 20, 30 people in the class. And all the time underneath, I'm completely and utterly hating myself. You know, and I've, I've sat, I look now as I record this, speak to you, I sat, I can see now the kitchen, I can look at myself and I remember sitting in that kitchen with a plastic bag over my head, crying my eyes at me, and you'll know how I am, crying my eyes out with a knife, trying to suffocate and cut myself at the same time. I'd also drank a bottle of Amarillo and taken six steroids. I got some steroids, I've never taken steroids in my life, I don't believe in them, I got some steroids off a mate. I said, oh, I want to take a trick to him. I think if he knew why I really wanted them, he wouldn't have done it. I thought I could kill myself with these steroids. And I, you know, wanted to die, basically. And I just, I just couldn't, I felt so empty, like absolutely empty inside, hopeless emptiness, like a void. And I got a rich life, talented person, respected, 
served his country, natural champion of his country, lovely family. And this is the thing, right? People think it must be something awful. You've got these things, you're all right. Which is, once again, it comes back to the bullshit positivity, right? Because you're not all right. And I sat there and I tried to kill myself. All the time when I was so, so down about a relationship breakup, you know, I, I drank a whole bottle of whiskey and I would have killed myself. If it wasn't for the fact my sister was up feeding a baby and we just ended up talking all night, you know? At the time I used to self-harm myself, I used to cut myself on my arms and my legs and come into work and people would go, why have you got those things and you marks on your legs and arms? And I go, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. And people must have known. God knows what people thought, right? Probably thought I was an attention seeker or something, but I self-harm, taking drugs, trying to kill myself, sitting with a plastic bag over my head, I feel fucking nuts. And it wasn't until I went to a psychiatrist, a Swedish psychiatrist, her name was Dr. Magnusson, and she sat and listened to me for two hours and she identified all this. The complex PTSD, the borderline personality disorder, on top of the depression, you know? Um, and I was up and down and up and down, I had these massive crashes where I couldn't get out of bed, you know? I had to cancel on my clients, luckily I got loyal clients. And, you know, I, from that, it started to slowly get better. And actually what happened was, it was actually the first lockdown. The first lockdown completely changed my mindset because I think I need to be needed. And I thought it was the end of my business and it sort of spurred me on. And I I read this book called Tools of Titans, which talked about certain things. And I meditated From that book, I learned about meditation and I meditated every night for four weeks during the first lockdown. Every night during the first, and it worked, it changed my mind. And then I don't meditate as much anymore, I meditate about three times a week. And I journal about three or four times a week and I exercise and it's enough to keep me in the center. And I'm very, very lucky that I have Holly, my girlfriend, who is absolutely wonderful and incredible, who, you know, she suffers herself as well a little bit and you know she understands she's empathetic and she sees the best in me and slowly but surely it's got a lot lot better I mean I'm nowhere near better mental health depression all that it's never going to leave me right it's going to be there I think you just get it into remission and you keep it in a small box somewhere deep inside and you control the box I think that's the way it's like a Pandora's box right you just that's how I liken it you keep it inside and you don't open the box because if you do you can be in a lot a lot of trouble you know, you, you know, I've identified a lot of paths I've gone down. You know, from a person who couldn't see the wood for the trees and would sit around not eating or actually self-harm eating, I'd eat loads and loads of shit, um, ABC, eh? or drink too much, you know, or be horrible relationships or put something on Facebook. From that self-harming negative behaviours, I've managed to, through meditation and journaling, I've managed to basically, I'd imagine, change the frontal lobes of my mind, you know? And this is where positivity comes from. This is where I do agree with positivity. Positivity rooted in action. Positivity rooted in realism, okay? Be realistic about your situation and then take some action. And that is positivity to me. That is what positivity is, not some bullshit quote. Although I love love a good Hammondism. We all know that, all right? But yeah. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and go, you know, look, I fought the good fight and I'm perfectly okay and everything's great. No, there's times when I feel a bit bad. But now I just accept it and I know it's part of me. I thought I had to suppress it. And because of so many good people around me, so many people understanding me, so many people talk to me all the time and tell me that people love me and all this. And just a lovely family, lovely sisters and nieces. You know, it's just, 
really, 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 you know, better for me. But now I think that I should talk about my mental health a bit more because I believe I want to try and A, make it work for me a little bit rather than me working for it. But also I want to help people. I just want to just help people because I know it's out there and it's prevalent. And and some people might think, stop talking about it, you self-indulgent, stolen twat. Well, okay, all right, maybe. But I think more people think, yeah, great. Because if I'm talking about it, it might mean someone else talks about it. None of us want to be self-indulgent in this. And that's the other thing, right? You hear people go, oh, you create depression. And I used to believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe you create anxiety. You know, if you've had stuff happen to you in your past, you alert, read it up, read the science. Your alert systems are already up and it can happen. And yeah, I know it. anxiety happens when you're not thinking. Sorry, when, when you are thinking, you've got nothing to do. So the best things is to just, you know, think of something or think of five blue things you can see and stuff like this. That's some kind of mini CBT. That really, really helps. You know, I do get that, but it's a very simplistic equation. It might be the case for people who have, I'm not decrying this, a bit of bad mental well-being, but for people who have serious mental health issues, that's very, very difficult, you know? There'd be no psychiatrists and no psychologists. There'd be no people feeling bad. People do not, you don't catch depression apparently, but you don't create it either, all right? It's not you, it's because something has happened or you're in a situation or there's something going on that you're probably not even aware of in your life or something like that you know your job's changed or you're stuck on zoom all day or you're arguing with your boyfriend or your girlfriend a bit more than you used to be you know or you're drinking a bit too much or whatever it is you know it's it's and it's such and this is the thing that annoys me again i return to this annoyance that personal frustration i have that we live in an age of simple answers to complex questions but what i need to do is you know it's just the answers out there Someone on Instagram or someone on Facebook or someone on a blog or a podcast is, uh, podcast is, eh? has said this and that's it, you know? Oh, that's the answer. Boom. And it, it might work for a week. It might work for two weeks. But the, the issue is the reason why you might have depression or you may have bad anxiety or you may have uh, bad PTSD or something like that is without, you know, diagnosed is, is, is multitude. And it's not for me to sit here and tell you that, you know, I can only offer what's worked for me. And what's worked for me is, is that I determined to get up every day and do the best I can. I can journal, I can meditate, I can exercise, I can learn a new skill, I can go boxing, I can go rowing, I can see my clients, I see my clients progress. You know, I get to see my mates, I have my lovely girlfriend, I talk to you know my nieces, everything like that, because I believe that I have a role to a positive male role model to inspire my nieces. That's me, that that works for me. I found a meaning in everything, you know? And it's like someone said to me, become a master of meaning. You know, and what that means is find meaning in your life, okay? Master that meaning. What meaning do you have? I have meaning, I have my girlfriend. I have my future with my girlfriend. I have my clients, I have my business. I have my exercise, I have my weights, I have my my little personal goals within sport that I'm not gonna talk about here, but I have them, you know? I have all these things that I want to just complete and that helps me go forward. Um, and I eat well, and I sleep well, and all these types of things, all right? So, Look, I hope I haven't been too self-indulgent with this podcast. I hope that somehow this helps. I hope that my be being open and honest about wasn't too much, you know. Um, and, you know, the fact I've got depression and, and the complex PTSD and maybe I haven't spoken enough about it. Maybe, maybe, give me feedback. Maybe you want me to talk more about it. Maybe you want a, a more insights. I don't know. I don't know whether I can. I can't go into, I'm not going to go into certain you know, situations in my life that cause all this because that'd be horrific and it would be a bit self-indulgent, you know, but I'm sure you can use your imaginations. But just to know that, you know, depression makes you feel sad, emptiness like a black hole, 
complex PTSD is just something that makes you just such horrible trauma and flashbacks sometimes and emptiness and a borderline personality disorder is that as well where I just cannot regulate my emotions at times I cannot you know sometimes see what people are really about and all that and I want you if you are feeling bad down and you are feeling bad about things you listen to this I want you to hopefully feel a kernel of inspiration a little bit a light has broken in through the roof somewhere to help you all right because this podcast is for you it's for you the people who feel down the people who feel bad the people who feel like you know they're on their own and there's no one else like it and you know it's just awful and they don't know what to do you know this is your time this is your time to fight stand up and fight and I hope this podcast helps you I really 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 genuinely do um yeah okay first one back I hope you enjoyed it um and please leave your feedback I'd love to hear.